Hello and welcome to episode three of season two of the podcast for the recently deceased. Uh, I'm Nate Roberts, and that was a lot of words. A lot of the numbers, and I am Rodney Godek. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing well. I actually just came from a gallery opening at um, the local historical uh, center. Um, oh, what, the Oneana Historical Society? Greater Oneana uh, Historical Society, yeah. As yeah, a, yeah, yeah board member we had plus ones and um and then there was uh, uh some of the the members that donate one one member in particular was the guest of honor and there were the new oh. exhibit was oneana in the 60s um which was really nice it was a good time what was that so there was artwork or was it just photographs Fo- photos photos and texts you know photos and texts and some items you know since it's not really a okay. I it's just I mean like I get like the need to have uh, those kinds of items to celebrate the past of the town or the city or the village or whatever the hell. But um, it's not really it doesn't lend itself to having a a gallery opening per se. It's like it's a new exhibit or a new section of the collection, I guess, and it's just a weird, you know. I guess it's an event. It's something to do, and I'm sure it was fine. Was yeah. it so? Was it like because uh, I so desperately long to uh, attend galleries and openings, and yeah. um, uh, because I love doing that, and you know, as a poor art student, it was always the time to get free wine and free snacks like yeah. cheese and it was crackers, crackers, and, cheese, and meat, and uh, plenty, uh, of, plenty of wine. The wine was a flowing. So great! Uh, I love that. My painting professor in college uh, even would allow wine at uh, critique nights because in the in the upper level painting courses that we would take as like upperclassmen, okay, um, he would welcome someone to bring a bottle of wine to discuss the artwork. Oh, he was awesome. very old school in that way. It was awesome until he also was a complete awful human being and sure. lied to the department head about something that I said about him where the department head brought me into the office. Like, did you call him an asshole? I'm like, what? What did you just say? I'm like scared. Like, did I say that? But I'm like, no. Like to him, like call him that to his face. Like, yeah. no, why would it? Anyway, right anyway. There. the digressions are entertaining. Uh, so gallery <laughs> openings are awesome. Uh, for yeah. me today, uh, I did a second, re- a second watch on the film, but I was at a, um, one of the, area's largest antique uh shows not because i wanted to buy an antique or anything like that it's just something to do uh we have a newborn and so a little day trip uh that's 30 minutes out to go experience something new to eat fair food is fun fun excuse to do it and it acclimates the baby to just getting out and being around people and doing stuff so it was fun i did find two ray bradbury books at some guy's uh tent and he didn't know what he had so he sold me for a buck uh, they're worth it a little bit, but not much, but it's just because I like to collect sci-fi, uh, books and I need to grow my horror collection, but mostly sci-fi books. Sure, uh, sure. So that's what I did today. Awesome. Had a, had a sample platter of barbecue. It was pretty good. Right. Smoky. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, this week we're here to talk to you about resurrection. Uh, the, yeah, back up in your ass with the resurrection that's right uh written and directed by andrew Simmons, 
uh, starring Rebecca Hall, who is our favorite. I mean, I mean, she's just amazing. We gave her, uh, we gave her, uh, yeah, there you go. He's wearing the Nighthouse t-shirt. Um, we gave her best uh, performance in a horror film last year. Yeah. Even, even though the Nighthouse yeah. came in second. Uh, yeah, and I mean, but the thing about that is like, you know, uh, Malignant came in first because it's just an all-around super fun, enjoyable time and right. uh, fun and excitement kind of wins out over the better art piece or traditional horror or like different kind of more serious horror film. Sure. Uh, because it's like, you're not going to rewatch that as often as something as malignant. And so like, you know, you kind of fun kind of outweighs that, uh, but they're really both, you know, S tier quality films in different regards. Uh, you know, every now and then people still uh, shit on malignant. And I'm always just like, I, I just don't get it. You know, uh, I'm not sure why people were so confused about how to approach the film. I feel like it was very obvious, you know, we've talked about this, so that's just so obvious what he was trying to do and that it was just a satire of itself and of all the genres and tropes. And it was just meant to be tongue in cheek, have fun, don't take this serious and enjoy how absurd it is, but it, people still don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. People tell me it sucks all yeah. the time. I'm like, you're crazy. All right, Resurrection. Margaret's life is in order. She is capable, disciplined, and successful. Everything is under control. That is, until David returns, carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. I think that's an excellent description. I think these people watched our show and were like, <laughs> were like what? Uh, we need to fire that guy and, and just hire somebody new who writes a little bit better. These These last couple of descriptions have been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if uh, they've caught on to what we've been telling them, and we'll see if that trend continues. So they, did not, <laughs> they did not sub out our uh, writing work for this, which we're welcome and happy to do. We do right. it all the time for yeah. our own uh, publications of such um, different things. I will copyright for anyone. <laughs> so... Uh, yes, it's an accurate description. The thing about this movie, this is a vague enough description where it just kind of gives you an idea of a premise, and it's not saying anything else about it. If anything, it's playing its hand a little bit too heavy in regard to the uh, juxtaposi juxtapositioning of her outward appearance to others and how she likes to present herself versus what is invariably going to unfold or unravel once this force enters her life uh, from her past. It sure. might play a little bit too heavy, like, oh, hey, pay attention to note the disparity and how things do change. Right. Um, sure. But that's fine because this film isn't hiding that aspect of its nature to a viewer. It, it's very obvious that this is one thing and then it's turning into another. Uh, it's not like it's subtly transitioning by the end you know you're seeing yeah. a pretty shocking abrupt change in behavior throughout right the film. right right so that's fine so a little uh, bit about wow the so a little bit about the show right we uh we're going to give you the quick breakdown with the score spoiler free and then we're going to let you know that the spoilers are about to start as we begin our long form discussion of the film um so break it down for me rod all right. Uh, so for me, like I think about 
one of the things I want to start doing is like, who's this film for, you know? Oh, sure. Uh, because this film, I think if a viewer were to reference Roddy T's, as we in the biz say, I can't remember what movie that was from. Oh, that's from um, Barry. Have you seen Barry? Uh, first two seasons. Okay. The newest season just came out. Anyways, the, one of the main characters as a show was trying to get her show being on the air. She's like the lead. It's her show about her origin story mm-hmm. as an actor. And uh, she's got a publicist or something. She's like, oh, what does Roddy T's say? Oh, we're at 89% on Roddy T's. I thought it was a really funny way to call Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> at any rate, uh, it's an 81% fresh. Uh, however, the audience score is a 46%. I think that this right. is that kind of a film. That this yeah. is uh, You can't go into this expecting a traditional horror film. Uh, it's not a malignant type movie. No. It's not even a Night House movie. Um, it's more... It's like Night House in its pace and feeling of dread, but it's not going to have scares in the same kind of way in a traditional sense. And so I think that for a viewer, you kind of need to prepare for a movie that it, uh, that's going to be slower, that's going to be more psychological, more thriller. This movie uh, felt uh, felt a lot like Men in... Uh, yes. And if I had to compare it to something recent... Uh, yeah, I think that that's fair. If you enjoyed Men, you will definitely enjoy Resurrection. And uh, mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed Men. Yeah, it's, it's dealing with different subject matter as far as but trauma and relationships uh and things of that nature are uh are bound in this one and really worth going after but so if we're talking broad strokes for me i think that i didn't know what to expect but i'm obviously willing to accept this more so because it's rebecca hall and i know the caliber of performance that she can provide and this did not disappoint and in that way, this was very moody, atmospherically driven uh, and set in upstate New York uh, right. in the Albany area. These are real locations. The egg is in this movie as an architectural feature next to her office building. Yeah. Uh, the South Troy Diner is featured. It is a real diner. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go there if I'm th- going through the area next time. <laughs> and I'll take a, t- uh, a photo and I'll post it. But so, uh, the night house was also in upstate New York. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, is Rebecca Hall live near here? Where yeah. does Rebecca Hall live? I'm gonna stalk Rebecca Hall and find out and become friends. Well, she was born in London, so. I, um, right. She's an expat, uh, or whatever. Yeah, doesn't mean know. she, you know, can't live in two places. And... Why would she not have more than one house? That's the only way you can keep the demon confused is by having a mirror house of your traditional house across the lake so um (laughs) psychological thriller horror elements more of a drama uh balanced movie slow burn abstract themes uh a lot that is going to occur in your headspace more than on screen there are events on screens or at least descriptions of events that are have occurred to the characters that are living inside your mind more than what's on the screen and that's the the play it, it, and you know what uh, after second viewing it has sort of like that sixth sense vibe too because you question reality right because things are so shocking yeah. where the events of our past and events that are going on now you're like is this real and so you're, you're searching for a footing because this film it does a great job of creating an atmosphere where you're lifted off from the 
you're you're taken out to sea and and it's a rough experience and you're not sure what where comfort is and how you're going to find comfort or solace and and what's going to occur to our main character Rebecca Hall and her unraveling is the focus of this film right i uh, once again uh very similar to the night house um this movie is carried by the performance of the main character uh luckily both films it's rebecca hall uh because i don't know how many people off the top of my head that i think could, can carry a movie the way that she can it is incredible how between both of these movies i i have been completely taken in i talk about immersion a lot i didn't yeah. my immersion in this film did not break once i it felt like 15 minutes and it's an hour 45 i stared at the tv and then it was and it was over like because i yeah. was in a completely like waking dream type state through the whole film i was completely entranced i was with her every step of the way um and uh not only you know was the performance incredible but the story was fantastic the dialogue the writing uh you know written and directed by um andrew um andrew Simmons. Simmons. i never saw, i didn't see his first directorial uh well he's got several movies he's um but i think nancy please is his main That's like entry film feature, yeah 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 that he's uh directed I don't know anything about that, unfortunately. So I'm probably going to yeah. go back and maybe look into it. I've heard good things about it, but it sounds more of like a drama type piece. Um, but go on. Yeah. So great. Yeah. So, so every step of the way, you know, as you said, she's unraveling. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all her, like, you know, how, how much of it is, is the direction, you know, I'll, I'll never know for me. For me, it's just Rebecca Hall. Um, yeah, I mean, these are a script, you know, even if there's uh, scene notes and uh, all these other directions that are a part of the script, it, it is, these are words on page that she has to emote and convey and, and to uh, engage an audience and the camera with. Uh, and she's, it's like magic. It, just like you said, it she sucks you in. The way that she... And she just has a certain look and presentation with her characters that feels naturalistic, almost like watching good Shakespearean actors that are doing uh, play um, theatrical productions where you see a character, you don't see an actor. It's wild. Um, she really lives these roles and I don't know how she's able to do it. There's something about her where she's not like an A-list celebrity, but she's Obviously, I don't know where you would put her as far as what she's done commercially for Hollywood, you know, but she's she, very... She was in Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> right, yeah. So she's done, she's done that. Yeah, I think she was in a but Marvel, like I'm just saying, like, Marvel movie. Yeah, what was she in Marvel? I don't remember her in Marvel. Oh, it was, she was like a side character as one, yeah. one of the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, maybe? Iron Man 3. That, that would make sense. Iron Man three. I think she was the villain to like assistant. Yeah. Actually, and she was all. Yeah, she was in. I remember her from the Prestige that popped up pretty quick on our IMDb. But she's so like she obviously has done films that are large commercial successes or part of the Hollywood machine. She does these smaller budget movies that are simply 
if there are like the art pieces they, you know like w we've talked about it before like doing one for you and one for them uh yeah, where right. you need you make work that's about the art and then you make work that's about the check right and uh she always finds her ways to these films and she's just so good at it but she's despite her being popular she doesn't ever feel like a brad pitt movie he gets into a character and it's fun to watch it, but you're like brad pitt it it's brad pitt it's definitely know? brad pitt <laughs> it's not it's not a character it's brad yeah. pitt and you're seeing him play it just like you know yeah. de niro or or pesci you know like they they're so them that it's a movie and they're there in the movie it's not this other person that yeah. exists in this movie yeah they're an expert at that so man yeah uh it's you have to go and prepare to uh experience that kind of a film that isn't going to rely on uh on cheap tricks or frills uh it's a, a heavy story with not a lot of things that are occurring but the the depiction of her unraveling from the conflict that occurs in this film with this character played by tim roth to yeah, as 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 the as the side character, exceptional. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tim Roth's amazing anyway. And then you got to tip your hat to like, just kind of like, I mean, he might have fifteen total minutes of screen time, probably right. less, probably less. Um, and he just like knocks it out of the park. Um, and I don't, yeah, I think we should wait to give away anything about him. Right, but like, after, there's but... like so much, there's there's like mystique about his character, and he just does it in such a way that you're also feeling gross about all the interactions, and you you now watch yeah. how he existing in her world now causes such a a shocking transition in her psyche and the way that she, her life exists, uh, yeah. and watching her unravel in that way, like that's what you're getting in. Uh, you're just sitting down for, and it's beautiful. It's upsetting, but there's a lot there to to talk about. And this is really a film that you have to see so that you can discuss and chew on because yeah. there's not a lot of like cool, fun action things like and we're going to be talking about this. It's like this is really more like an art housey type experience. Oh, yeah. so you have to know that. Go you should know that going in. Um, it, a certain palette can appreciate this, and I'm excited to talk about it with you because uh, both Nope and Prey are very much different than this film yeah this is our first like kind of artsy movie of the year right yeah for this season absolutely this is this is a very different experience than you would ex uh, expect uh from nope and uh and prey and i'm excited for that because this showcases like the range of horror as a genre and the movies that you get into with horror i think that a horror aficionado a person that really appreciates it appreciates it and appreciates the darker movies like Night House or something like uh, Eggers or Aster, their films, you know, Midsommar, Hereditary, uh, which if you're into those kinds of feelings, then this is definitely not much of a departure and you'll really love it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So we get right down score? to it. Uh, well, how I do we do our scores? Well, I'm just going to go first. Oh, well, how do we do it for the audience? How do we do it? We, uh, we, we rate on a scale of 1 to 10 because, it's, I mean, it's truly the, the best way to, like, for me, I don't like 5, uh, and, and 100 is crazy. So, you know, 10, 10 is easy, and also you can get your percentage by just multiplying the score by 10 if you really have to do it that way, right? So, <clears throat> right? 
A 9.5 is just a 95, right? So. Uh, oh, for, I never logged mine. Okay, go on. Yeah. All right. So for me, um, I love this movie. I love the performance. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it was a slow burn, obviously, but it never felt slow to me. Um, I was hooked from the beginning. Um, excellent reveal. Excellent ending. Um, I had to land on an eight. I concur. I had considered a seven, but it's really disingenuous to how I truly feel about the film. It's not a nine or a 10 for me. It right. doesn't hit the same marks, but as far as what it's able to achieve and how it does it, it's an eight. It's an eight experience. Yeah. It won't uh, be it, completely it, happy and satisfied. Unique things that were here, things to think about and chew on afterwards. Um, artfully done, beautifully done, well acted, well shot. And it does all the checks, all the boxes. And yeah. so to give it less than I think it's a disservice to yeah. how I rate things in general. So I totally agree. I think uh, I don't think it'll hit the top five of 2022, but I I do think I'm going to put Rebecca Hall's performance in this uh, film up for the running of performance of the year right now. Um, so she's yeah. she's already in the running. Uh, I concur. So I think, uh, so we're going to begin our spoiler section here. Uh, any viewer that has not yet seen this movie, please go out uh, and, uh, and see Resurrection before you listen to our next segment. Which is uh, an IFC production, if we didn't already say mm -hmm. that. It's a Shudder exclusive. It should be coming to Shudder momentarily. I want to say it comes out at the end of the month. I could be wrong. At any rate. At any rate. Um, I don't want to really talk about this film scene by scene like we've done with sure. the past two i really was content with doing it with nope and prey and i didn't mean to like just go from scene to scene to scene with prey but like i couldn't help myself no it, it definitely made like sense. it was fun and enjoyable yeah. this movie i think i just want to talk about how things evolve and what occurs yeah. and like things that we're noticing because uh especially for me with the second watch that i had there's like I was just digging for certain things or like i was looking at the sixth sense angle like the fact that Tim Ross character pops up, I was like, does he ever interact with another person maybe in the background of a setting or something or not? Because he's always playing things as if like at first he's like, what are you talking about? Who, who, who are, are you? You, yeah. you approached me. Uh, and then once they're interacting, it's just the two of them. And she starts like, she's breaking down and she's flipping out over this past experience. I'm like, does he ever interact with anyone? And he does like, so it's like a wonder rewatch because I, you start to question your own sanity by the end of this because of this potential dream sequence or whatever the fuck happened. Yeah. This film culminates in, in a conclusion that's very different than men in that if anyone could say, like, this is surprising that I'm going to say this, but men has a more definitive resolution than this film. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, <laughs> which is insane because the conclusion of men, people are like, Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so obviously they leave it up to your interpretation. They're not going to tell you what happened. Uh, you know, it, it's relatively safe to assume that she just like went crazy from whatever happened at the end. And, and then whatever her, that dream state was kind of like her drug stupor as she's mm -hmm. sitting in a mental hospital somewhere in a straight jacket, right? She doesn't, she definitely, because uh, especially when the daughter 
gives those few lines. Like, if it wasn't dreamy enough for you already, when the daughter says exactly right. the words that her that she Rebecca Hall's character only wanted to hear, like, that's all she ever wanted to hear her daughter say were these words out loud. Um, right. And that's exactly what she says. Uh, yeah, so I definitely think you have to assume that she either died or that was a dream state of some kind or mm-hmm. um, from the results of the, of the scene right before it. Right. Right. So, man, I mean, uh, I, we can start from the way that the film uh, begins. I think that uh, you get this at first, the film opens with, uh, we should use character names. Um, oh, sure. So Rebecca Hall's character is, uh, is, Maggie, Maggie, Margaret. Uh, she's talking to an intern in her office building, Gwen, or Gwen, uh, and she's sort of giving like therapy. Oh, yeah, and like it seems advice. like it's a therapy yeah. session, but it's not. They're in a like a biotech firm, and she's interning, and it's just like it's a girl-to-girl type conversation where yeah. Gwen's explaining this uh, abusive relationship that she's in, and uh, Maggie's trying to impart wisdom. As the senior, uh, you know, she's, I want to say she's probably 40 or something in this because timing of events and age is important. And that'll come to, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but so it's like, I like the way that you introduce her. She's the strong, confident senior woman in this workplace of authority. And uh, just, she knows she's the, she's, in charge of whatever's happening in this office or has enough authority to where she doesn't have to worry about the minions underneath her and she can yeah. conduct herself however she wants. And so she's got time to kind well, of, right. And I mean, she, she misses a week of work and like, nobody, right. nobody cares. Like the consequences of her at work, like she's, she's high enough up to where she gets to just do that shit. Yeah. She can disappear. Um, I love how, you know, her dealing with the intern sets this, it, you don't know it right away, but, talking about this pat, this relationship that she's in and trying to coach her through how to navigate an abusive relationship where the guy wants, uh, is just making shitty jokes at her expense and, yeah. and she doesn't want him to, but he's dismissive of her wanting him to stop and tells her like that. She doesn't, she just doesn't want get to the deal joke. With it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another, uh, which is a form of abuse. Yeah. And she's just yeah. like saying like, no, you're better than that. Uh, he's a, you know, say this always, wants you to have fun and then being sadists like uh, they don't right. get it you know they, they they think that that's fun what they're doing and it's like no it's not fun for you you're the you're the brunt of all their yeah, the other victim yeah yeah but so like the, after that scene it's kind of uh we'll do the it does the intro credits and i think that this is a shot that is mirrored a couple times later in the film but like it kind of heightens the fact that it's a narrow scoped film that's really just about a couple characters really just her uh is it has this cool technique of um, doing this soft focus on everything around the environment, but really brightly lit and everything and illuminated, but she's just very crisp and focused and and clear, but everything is just kind of like a haze around her. It's just really beautiful imagery with the way that, you know, they navigate that. They do it later in the film whenever she's breaking down. And it just like, for me, reinforces that this is a uh, center drama on her and her life and how she's interacting with the other characters. Right. I think it goes pretty much right from that to like a phone call where she's like, uh, Abby's out for the night 
and then she's immediately uh, hooking up with Peter. Peter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier in the film, it's like more or less. So it's just her and her daughter Abby. Yeah, you're getting you're getting all the exposition, right? They're giving you all the right backstory, the stuff you need to know before the story can really start. Yeah, her daughter is going to be going to college, but she's still in high school. She's 17, about to be 18 in a couple yeah, weeks, couple so weeks. she has to follow her mother's instructions till till then. She's very protective, but she's kind of cool with her doing what she's doing. Uh, and yeah, she has a she's sleeping with a guy who's married, who obviously is content with cheating on his wife and she doesn't care because she's just in it for sexual relationship with someone right um and so you're introduced to that early on and i it's not until um i suppose the weird shit starts to happen before the bike accident uh like the tooth happens you know yeah Uh, yeah she finds the tooth and brings it home well no 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 the the daughter just the daughter brings joke Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the daughter finds, says she found it in her bag, and like yeah. right away, like that's the first element I think that occurs that is unsettling. Where they were like, okay, something could be going on here, um, and it's a very unnerving type thing. And looking back, I'm like, okay, so whose tooth is this? Is it a character's tooth? Part of me, I'll have to tell you later on when we get into the spoilers about uh, about Ben. Is like, is you know did Ben die or when did he die or how did he die? Is Ben alive? Because like, there's a, for a part of me, a long period of the movie, I was like, he could be alive and he kept him alive. And now there's going to be a combination where he's like, he's an adult yeah. now. And now you have to deal with where, it. Where's the, where's the character with two missing fingers. That's what I kept looking for. Right. <laughs> like, like, where is he? There's going to be a dude with two missing fingers somewhere. <laughs> I did not see him. If, he, if he's in the movie, yeah. I didn't see him. Well, I mean, yeah, the the baby character is by the end of it, but not the adult character. Right. Uh, you know, also cute uh, little background point to note. This film takes place in upstate New York in the Albany uh, capital region. Uh, the daughter is pouring a bowl of cereal. That is definitely a Hannaford brand cereal. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but I was I, the I definitely rewatch, didn't I, notice that. <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, I see the Hannaford logo. They got local cereal for that. Which I find a little bit suspect because she seems like a very well-to-do executive, and I kind of doubt that she'd be buying Hannaford cereal. But I loved the local grocer being included in the film. The nod is way better than getting a big corporate cereal, I agree. (laughs) Or Doritos. Yeah. Hey, man. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we get this backstory, right? We... She's a little overprotective, but not too bad. Um, so the first thing that happens is the weird dream, right? She um, uh, she dreams. No, she she sees him at the conference first, and that's what causes, causes the dream the to occur dream. because now she's on edge. The she just she's at a work conference and she's bored with she, the lecture. Yeah. She's looking around the room at different audience members. All right, so here's where I'll describe. Um, now we kind of talked about something like this. Um, in uh the was it the late house not the night house it was the other one the the one where the guy was agoraphobic and he was on the webcam all the time oh uh night's end the uh, night's end yeah okay so rebecca hall in this movie i would assume that she has had a panic attack in real life 
because mm. this this panic attack and all of her panic attacks throughout the film are the most accurate I have ever seen in any film. As someone who suffers from panic disorder and agoraphobia, um, whether she has, has had them from personal experience or there was a an, an actual coach or someone who knew mm-hmm. like exactly yeah, exactly point. what you go through, like it it was it was perfect. Like it was like watching someone have an actual panic attack. All and yeah. she and she and it happens half a dozen times through the movie. Which is which I thought was another crazy thing was I've never seen that kind of uh reaction like highlighted um so much in a movie. It's like people panic, people freak out and there's a lot of fear in horror movies, right? But she's right. actually having panic attacks and using her coping mechanisms and her coping mechanisms are not necessarily healthy ones either which where where she like runs away and she's just trying to control her breathing and mm-hmm. stuff like that like you know if you when you go to therapy for this kind of stuff like that's that that'll get you through one but that's not going to help you with the yeah the, the, with need, the, problem. the need to to feel control of all of your environment so she starts to become even more controlling of her daughter, of her daughter yeah. what she can and cannot do yep so that you know she's in control she has this under control right. um the and these, and, sex with the with peter the, yep. uh the co-worker right um, she tries to tries to hook up in the bathroom the feelings. Just, yeah exactly uh and these are ptsd induced um panic attacks too which are also something that i'm familiar with and it was portrayed perfectly is what i'm trying to say like if you you know have any experience with it you will love this performance because it's like the first time in film it's been done right. Um, mm. If you know people who can't understand what you're going through and you want them to have a better understanding, you could have them just say, watch Resurrection. Um, ju- just because it is it is an excellent uh, portrayal of someone uh, experiencing that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and this is, you know, uh, things... Uh, you know, the ball has been pushed down the hill and this is, you know, you're not going right. to get, the, the brakes aren't going to be pumped too often on this, this trip here, this runaway vehicle, right. which is Rebecca Hall just completely unraveling yeah. uh, because David is in. But there's still this mystique in this questioning. And what's so wonderful about the way that they showed that breakdown at first in the office, it's so shocking from a viewer. Like, you you might, you understand that this pan, it, she's triggered with this guy, but to the extent that she is running and she's like, Abby, Abby, yeah. her daughter, she runs, uh, she's she like, runs home. and you've already seen her working out. She's very fit. Uh, again, it's part of her like rituals to feel control or stable in her thing. Just like the IMDB alluded to with the description of, you know, she's got everything figured out and clean and safe and uh, normalcy of life. But it's like completely shocking to see her unravel like this over just seeing someone. And they make it clear, like, she sees Tim Roth's character, his name is David, you just see him and it has this reaction, so you're on edge, you feel the same kind of anxiety, a, a version of her anxiety, you definitely feel it, and it's communicated with the way that that's shot and the way oh, that yeah. it's performed. Oh, and yeah. So, and she runs home, and, like, this is the, boy, the first time, like, she runs home to the daughter, and, the do- and she busts into the daughter's room while she's online gaming, and the daughter is freaked the fuck out. Right. Uh, as a daughter would be and it 
throughout the whole film, the daughter is never really like the daughter doesn't know what's going on. Right. Uh, Abby is just sees her mom falling apart and she doesn't know why. And she and uh, Maggie is reluctant to expose her past to her daughter because for a lot of reasons, you know, and this film really addresses that or just gives you the questions like, what about your past? Do you hide from your partner now? Like, do you feel that you can be completely open and the human elements of dealing with your own past or your own traumas and how you build your life? And did you actually deal with that trauma? Did you process it? Have you moved on to it? Are you in control of it? Or is it still there? And now whenever it resurfaces, you're completely broken down to the person that you were when the trauma occurred originally, you know? Yeah. And and obviously like um, Maggie's character has not processed it. And as far as telling her daughter, um, you know, telling someone about your trauma is, is first of all, you have to relive it every time you tell it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Second of all, she's ashamed of it. She blames herself for, letting it quote unquote letting it happen which is which is a very common um you know feeling for victims yeah um not to mention that you know we'll get to it in more detail in a minute but it was actual murder that that she's she's complicit in covering up by not um alerting the authorities to what had happened um yeah and the film is just like from this point on it's it's like dancing on a on an open nerve you know and oh. the film is just can continue to trigger it and pluck it down you're going to feel these emotions oh yeah the rest of the movie it, yeah. it's awful so um, uh right after that conference she has the oven dream and that was like a cool little that dream was you know, gross <laughs> yeah she yeah uh, she finds a, a burnt baby in an oven and it kind of wakes up and cries and then she she wakes up in her dream yeah um, really disturbing uh and then she has the she's trying to have normal life with her daughter still but uh they go out shopping for clothes for school she sees and them in the mall yep. again. and now she can't help but expose her tendency to want to run and flee the environment with her daughter she has to she doesn't explain it she just grabs her by the arm and violently yeah uh, escapes the shopping mall with her and, and throws her in the car well and and the daughter has a leg injury um, oh right yeah she's, uh, so she's like stop you're hurting me and yeah. and, she, and uh, maggie doesn't even hear it um because she's in spider flight mode which is you know all you can do and she's running mm-hmm. um yeah uh, she sees him again in the park. Um, this yeah, pretty it's much goes right, right to before. That. So it's well, it's just right before uh, the park is when it's she the reveal. Has the really, the really great monologue with, yeah. uh, with Gwen. So I want to talk about that. Sure, sure. So we we read about this, right? That somebody said there was. You like had a, mentioned it. Yeah, there was yeah. like a seven-minute monologue with no cuts. And um, there, there were like two cuts to to Gwen, but oh. I guess the scene was was filmed entirely in but one that shot. Was, uh, yes, to but, show Gwen's reaction. Uh, the the portion of time where she is nonstop con- on camera without yeah. a cut is uh, like just over seven minutes. Yeah. Okay. So the scene the scene yeah. is longer, and there are cuts at the beginning and at the right. end of it, but the meat of her 
uh, exposition yeah. with what occurs is um, seven minutes plus yeah. of just her on camera. And this was this was amazing. Flipping. So so uh, she's had two meetings with Gwen. The first one where she just learns about the shitty boyfriend. The second one where she tells him to fuck off, and she kind of catches up with her in the hallway later, and and she's like, yeah, I told him to fuck off anyway. So yeah. so Gwen comes in and, you know, she, obviously Maggie's starting to unravel and some people are, are taking notice. So Gwen comes in and is like, are you okay? You know, I'm a really good listener. And for whatever reason, Maggie decides to tell this woman the story. And it is a seven-minute monologue where there are no cuts and it was it was so excellently told um, and this is where we get the the story. We get to find out why she is the way she is and what exactly David being back in her life uh, means. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to? Yeah. So she uh, she mentions how you know she's she's British. Her parents were biologists, and they she took a a, a gap year before going to school after high school. And they went to a uh, some place west of uh, in off the coast of Canada on the western coast. I can't remember the name of the islands or whatever. Right. But her, as an 18 year old young woman, and she would just uh, draw and go to the beach and do all this stuff. And this guy uh, finds them, and immediately she like he starts to he woos the parents. And they get comfortable with him, and then she he starts to woo her, and the parents were sort of she describes them as hippies, right? And the relationship develops to where she moves in with him, and the parents leave, right? And this we're is so, just normal speed because he's amazing, he's fantastic, he's so kind. There, right? The parents love him. He was great with her, and and she was happy and content. Uh, but then she started to explain this thing where he would ask these things called kindnesses. Right. And these were simply acts of gratitude. And they started like cleaning and um, other chores around the house, cleaning or cooking, things like that. But then they evolved into more serious and uncomfortable things, stress positions, uh, fasting, walking without shoes. shoes. Like he also said, he said, you can no longer draw. You, you don't draw anymore. Right. Uh, he put that to a stop and the kindnesses got, they escalated in nature and became more like punishments, you know, like what we would perceive as like a torturous punishment, but she was convinced and psychologically abused and manipulated to believe that this was necessary for her to bring out her goodness or to enrich their life together or that through her struggle, she became a, a higher plane of existence and in their relationship with one another was stronger and more meaningful and impactful because she went through this, you know, the, these awful experiences, these kindnesses, and could handle it. And if she couldn't handle it, she would uh, have to, or he would, or she would put cigarettes out on her back. You see those scars later on in the movie. Uh, and there's a handful of them, you know, on the uh, on the back next to her spine. But she's like, but I could handle that too. 
and eventually they get pregnant. Yep. And this is a, it's such an important part of the story or what defines her. She's, and that's how she says it. Uh, the second her son was born, she knew her purpose in life. Right. And she's conveying that, that that's how in, impactful this moment in her life was, that now that she is a mother, nothing else matters. She reiterates this later on in the movie and a message to Abby. But it was now a threat to her relationship with David. David knew that Benjamin, the child, was more important than he was. And because of the nature of his relationship that he built with her and the manipulation and the trauma that he's made normal and he's made her understand to be normal and accepted and just the way things are. Again, she's a child. He's grooming her. He, I should point, we haven't said it. He's 40. Right. Give or take. Yeah. And she's 18. Cause in and the, she's 18. in the present, she, he's 60 and she's obviously so, in late thirties. I'm not saying this is like a Dane cook situation, but yeah, it's fucking gross. Dane. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 I know what yeah. you're talking about. And it is gross. And you suck. Yeah. You always yeah. sucked. You were yeah. never you were uh, never good. Super finger. Do you remember that was his thing? The no. super finger? Yeah. No. It's a super finger. Because it's not a middle finger. It's more than a middle finger. It's funny. Laugh. So, uh, so yeah, there's this age disparity. So he's grooming her, obviously. It's all this awful things, but she's a child. She doesn't know any better. Yeah. The baby comes. He sees it as a threat. She has to go to the store. She leaves the baby at home one day because I think they she had to do grocery shopping or something to that effect. Right. He sent her out, actually, to get yeah. the supplies. That's how she words it. Because they're living isolated in this like village off the side of yeah. Canada. Uh, she comes home, and there are two severed fingers on the counter. And all he says is that Ben is gone. I ate him up. I ate him up. He's, he's, he's inside me now. He's in my belly. Yeah. And that's it. So she runs. She couldn't protect her baby. She doesn't know how to handle it. She runs and runs. And runs. And she now ran to she the, is she, here. She, she ran to the States and, uh, you know, never thought that he could find her. Right. And uh, she's unloading all of this. And she and she finishes the story to, to Gwen, the intern, by saying, you should feel honored. I've never yeah, told anyone that. I've never told anyone that you should feel honored. And Gwen's like, is this a joke? Is this some yeah, kind she's of, in is tears. This some, like, is this some kind of test? <laughs> she's completely confused because, yeah, this is so fucked up. Like, this is, uh, how do you handle, how do you. Yeah, how do you listen to that story? How do you story? respond to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the guy ate the baby <laughs> and you didn't call the police? Like, right. what the fuck? <laughs> Um, so and, you know. but, and she's obviously so detached from it she hasn't talked about it she hasn't processed it clearly she's still having all these issues with it coming resurfacing now uh, it's it's very obvious an open wound that was it was just she tried to find ways to forget about it or to you know this is 22 years ago uh, and that's the time, amount of time that's passed from yeah. that event right 22 years so yeah she, she you know that now we know all of the awful things that have occurred and now we're living with the trauma too. And we're trying to understand, okay, what does it mean now that he's in her life again? And so every scene that's going to take place from here on forth, that's about him or with her, we're completely 
emotionally connected to her yeah. and for the rest of the movie there's no denying like that you empathize with her that you feel like shit you see her feeling like shit you want to help but you're helpless it's uh i don't remember what point that's this might happen i think only at like the 30 minute mark but man it just it it breaks you down and uh it connects oh, yeah. you to a character that it, you know a lot of films they find ways to do it but this is a really unique and awful way that it happens yeah and now and now you're like okay that's you know super fucked up i mean obviously he didn't eat the baby so he just killed it and he's a little weirdo right but the next time she uh you know they have an encounter he's like he's at the, well the park is first the park yeah, is first the park. yeah does yeah, he say that having a... does he say that yeah, though, at the does. park yeah he says ben's he's, with... he's with us he's with he's me with us. yeah he's with us yeah he's and... upset like how could his mother leave him he's sad he doesn't so, like, like, how could his mother take not take care of him? He abandoned him. Yeah, and you're like... Because at first he plays, like, this is the first interaction that they have out in the park. Right. He's, like, playing it cool where he's like, uh, I don't even know you. What are you talking about? But she's yeah. very, um... She comes even more aggressive back at him. Like, get right. the fuck out of my life. Yeah. Do not bother me and my daughter. Right. And he realizes he has to change his tact. And so now he goes even more personal with talking about the child. Yeah. And things like that. Uh, but she, he eventually leaves after things are escalating. Right. And she just, like, after that moment, she's just replaying that scenario in her head. Everything you see with her, she's, like, re-saying what he said. We shook right. hands. You said hello. Yeah. And she's like, what? Like, she can't process it because he's, like, been, he's, like, he's in her head now. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's telling a lie right there. And she's like, wait, did, did, that's not yeah. what happened. It, it, but you wonder, did she... Did that happen? Did that happen? Like, yeah, yeah. Know? And that's just not, we just didn't see it because, uh, you know, it's, it's going right. to be like a, yeah, a fractured mental uh, thing going on here. Um, but then, well, uh, go ahead. no, yeah, well, I was just saying, like, I, I, we should, I mean, Megan, we can keep stretching it out, but like, yeah. this is, it, it's great. We can continue. The next, uh, the next beats are going to be, you know, there's more stuff with the daughter where she's telling her to, to not go outside to, yeah. Right. Yeah, they're just like, hey, uh, you know, talk to me. And she won't. Like, she just won't. She's like, no, just be safe. Everything's fine. Just, you know. Right. Um, uh, and then she's uh, she's going to follow him because he mentioned the boulevard. Uh, he's going to the boulevard. And so she looks up. It's a hotel. She, and she, she stalks him there. Yeah. He's going to, he goes to the South Troy Diner. Again, I'm going to go. Yeah. And that's where she confronts him there. Yeah. And that's and that's where he starts this tack where I don't know if it was how it was before. We don't we don't know if it's what he used to say to her. Well, it couldn't have been because she ran, right? So right. so he's like he's like, you know, Ben's here with me. I brought him with me. He's here in my belly. And yeah. and she's like, Shut the fuck up, you you maniac. He's dead, he's yeah, dead. he's dead. And and this is like the slow like manipulation part of it where where her psyche like breaks down and she kind of goes back to that that point where she was you know malleable um right uh where but but she resists it at first and she resists it from time to time as well like she she gets stuck in it in the groove and then she'll break out of it for a moment she'll have her moments of yeah lucidity, she's right? not she's rationally trying to deal with this um yeah. I don't think she's gone to police. She either goes to the police right after this or she was at the police right before this. Yeah. 
I think I think it was uh right after this that she goes to the cops. Yeah. But and she's like talking to the police like they're like these are all public places. He isn't really doing anything right. and like and it's fair. Like I like the way they handle it because you know a lot of times films will deal with this part where they go to uh, a woman in in need goes to the police and they're just ice boxes and they're like you're you're being a belligerent woman and you're freaking out about nothing. Yeah. Like, that's not what's happening. He, the, the way that the police handle it is more like I understand there's nothing occurring yet that is reason for us to intervene and we have no authority right. to intervene yet. You just need to be smart, uh, yeah. take be, our information. Yeah. If things escalate, contact us. Right, be smart, which she's safe. She doesn't, which she doesn't do. Which she, <laughs> she, she escalates things and she does not contact us. She does not contact. But yeah, at the diner, he's like, he's with me and she's conflicting and the mind games that he's playing, he's like, he's clicking these these experiences from first because he even mentions I think that you need to do a kindness right and I'll go away you do a kindness and I'll go away so walk to work barefoot from now on and uh, and then I'll be done and I I hate that she does it you know oh yeah oh yeah I was like oh come on I know, but like <laughs> it, you can, you you can just see like clearly like the trauma has been so severe. Yeah. Uh, clearly, like a, a ba- an infant taken from you like that when you had the way that you're conveying it to another person, it was your world changed. It was, mm. you know, you bonded in such a way like that. It was this is your life now, and it was just so horrifically taken from you, and now it resurfaces. What caused that trauma? So it's like you kind of. It's not that you give her a break, but you can understand, or at least you're meant to understand that his hooks are set. You know, right. If she's right. willing to walk to work barefoot to do another kindness, she's in in she's in his uh, in his clutches as far as that mental headspace that they existed from that relationship uh, right. years ago. Right. And so she's walking to to work barefoot. She's um, she's unraveling more and more. She's way in, way more erratic. Um, you know, she tries to hook up with Peter in the bathroom and he's like, he's like, I don't think this is my thing. And she's like, well, if it's not your thing, you shouldn't have said yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, fair, fair point. Fair, fair point. <laughs> um, the daughter is noticing more and more and they, I mean, the daughter gets to the point where she's like, oh, well, okay. We're getting a lot of cut scenes too of her following him. So she follows right. him over and over and over. She learns his routine, like to the minute. She knows where he's going to be, when, and over and over and over again. Yeah. And, 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 then, and she, it's because she was following the hotel. But the first thing that happened in the hotel is she went to the hotel the first time and went in after he left, uh, mm-hmm. and went into the room, and she sees this little vignette, uh, this little tote, this wall, this a, a photo of her when she was a kid, a piece of her art. Pine right. cone, a ring on a on a on a necklace it looked like, and he's left for her the blanket or the the sheet from Benjamin's uh, bassinet. Right. And now she's sleeping with it, and right. the connection is so strong with her. And this is another thing that I think like the film does is the connection is so strong that she, that first night that she slept with that after retrieving it when this when she before she starts tracking him so much she wakes up. And runs to the bathroom, like, uh, you know, freaking out like a dream or whatever. Uh, and she's like, she's lactating because she just spent the night right. sleeping with the, the her baby's uh, blanket 
that her body is like your, your baby is here you're producing right. milk now and it's like christ you know like yeah. it's just another yeah. layer to strengthen the bond that existed there right that emotional connection that exists that was severed so horrifically it was uh, a a little element that makes it that much more of a lush vivid picture that they're they're, they're giving you you know oh yeah but go on. So yeah, the so, more and more stalking. So, the, so and she's things. she's less and less uh, sleeping, less and less, and she's getting more and more erratic. So she has a big fight with her daughter, and um, the daughter's like, "This has to end, um, or I'm out of here, and you can't stop me." And she's like, "It'll end tomorrow." Right. So she she gets the gun, which we we saw she had earlier, because uh, one of the times she saw him, she like opened the safe and checked the gun to make sure it was yeah. there or whatever. Um, and she knows right where he's going to be, and she plans it out. We even get a snap of, of it, like in, in a, in like a, like a quick cut. Oh, her, so, re-envi- her envisioning how it would go down. How it would go down, yeah. So she goes to do it, and um, he starts talking to her, and she spins around. You, know, you kill me, you kill him, is what he says to her. Um and, to, and to get her to has given enough of a pause yeah there's yeah. enough hesitation where she's she's thinking about it and he sees that and he takes advantage of it yeah so he she walks around to the front too, too instead of in the back which is what she was going to do um and he just uh just snatches the gun from her and knocks her down and uh because she tried to kill him <laughs> he she's gonna have to do another kindness yeah, more kindnesses. <laughs> and and what's uh, what's what's horrible about this scene in, in my mind is like uh as like an ally of of Maggie is that is that he's right in this scene. He he says I was holding up my end of the bargain because he said do the kindness, you stay out of my life, stay out of my business, right? Because who knows right. what he's doing there besides you know tormenting her. That's right. Uh, sure. Nothing. That's nothing. Like, no, nothing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but what he said was true, and she was the one that she was knew one. and was unwilling to accept that and wanted to yeah. end it. Yeah, she said, you've been stalking me. You've been following me. You tried to kill me. Uh, mm-hmm. So the new kindness is that from 2 a.m. until dawn, she will hold the pose. Mm-hmm. And we, we know that there was some kind of uh, pose from her story to Gwen. And uh, we do get to see it. It's a, uh, it's just this. It's a yoga pose you've seen before. Yeah, the, the stress position. Like you a know, where squat she, where you put your hands, interlock your fingers behind your back. Yeah, she's right. like, uh, she's on the balls of her feet more than the whole foot, and she's bent at the knees, crouched all the way down, but touching heels practically, uh, with yeah, arms behind her back, and it just looks very uncomfortable, and she's obviously sweating and. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, she, she does that, that first night and she's now like in a stupor in her part, in her home. Uh, the daughter leaves and the daughter's like, I'm leaving. I please get help. Yeah. And she like, as the daughter leaves, she like snaps out of it. Like the defenses that she's built, my daughter, I need to protect my daughter. She is my world. They kick in and that sleep deprivation that she was experiencing is like, gone for a moment and she runs after her but she gets into an uber or whatever and runs away yeah but fucking peter's there and i love this scene because peter's like 
uh, uh, look, I'm in love with you. And she's like, fucking men. <laughs> so, can you, the, anything you have, you stick your dick in, can you either, you can only either love it or hate it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, what does she say? She's like, like, love me, or love me, you annoy me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, uh, she's like, uh, endanger my mission once more. Once more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After she punches and ran yeah. the nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, you can see that she has this empowerment, and it's this, this, there's this strength inside her, and it's come out a few times, and it's it's been built around this. It's like a facade, you know that. But it's there. It's real. It's real strength. It's just that it's been built to protect this wound from her past that she's never addressed and has never dealt with. It's a you know it's a facade. It's not a genuine strength or whatever. It's it's lashing out and, and reacting in a volatile way um, because things are upending right now. Uh, right. But it was a great uh, scene. Before that, too, um, the daughter gets Peter to come to the house to ask her to go see a therapist. Yeah. And she freaks out even then. And she has a scene where she, she like, says, get out. But she says it in, like, a like a growl. Yeah. You know, she doesn't say, like, get out. She's like, get out. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it made me think of, uh, there's a few times in films where, or in movies, when characters say normal words, but they say it, like so angrily that it sounds like they're, they're growling. Uh, right, right. And the only one that I can think of is um, that I really enjoy was from Session Nine. Did you ever see Session Nine? I did not. Uh, red-haired guy from CSI Miami um, is in it. I can't remember his name. I apologize. David something or Danny David Caruso. Caruso. And, Caruso. and uh, but he says like. Uh, they're having a conflict on the stairwell and then one of the characters is going up the stairs and he's at the, like the landing of the stairwell and they're arguing. He's like, they're like saying, fuck you, fuck you. And he's like, Hey, fuck you. And he like says it's so exaggerated. And weird. Like, why would you deliver it like that? Instead of just saying, you know, fuck off. It was hilarious. Those are always great moments. I think I need, that's another list that I have to compile of, uh, moments when characters deliver lines as like guttural noises and not normal, uh, <laughs> dialogue. Uh, Shaboy Tom says, I would like a keg of beer. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, 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 that's a great one. <laughs> Give me a keg. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great example. Thank you, Much Tom. Much more lighthearted, but perfect. Uh, okay, so she gets back to the house, and she's like, maybe making the bed or something, and she's like, oh, shit, and just passes out. Because the exhaustion has gotten... To the yeah, you talking about the Pantech. Yeah. Like she, like I, I was rewatching this scene too because I was like, how does she end up getting to the hotel? Uh, because, um, and she like, yeah, she's like just like loopy and falling apart, yeah. uh, and just like falls on the on the falls, floor and she yeah. just falls asleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like all the walking uh, barefoot, um, mm-hmm. two two a.m. to dawn in the pose. Right, the, and she know, had the, been staying up this past week. She had been yeah. trailing him every trailing night. Him. The uh, the, adre- <laughs> the adrenaline from yeah. uh, the panic with the with the daughter just then. Uh, as soon as she crashed from that that panic attack sequence, she she definitely would have passed right out. Yeah, yeah, like uh, very realistic in its in like the the physiological uh, way that that this this stuff is handled in the movie. 
So then we get one last scene uh, before our final scene, and this is where she goes to the office. And this is where it has another one of those, like the entry uh, to the movie where it had just her in focus and everything is a blur around her. Yeah. She's walking in, but she's like completely disheveled. Yeah. She just goes right to her office and their secretary or the girl at the front calls and says, there's a man here to see you. And she's like, okay. And so then he's there and everyone is just like, I need to yeah. her office. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, she's been gone for a week and who's this guy that's never been here? Yeah. You find out like her name, her name on the, placard is margaret ballion yeah. he's like ballion was that french what's wrong with uh maggie mary walsh like walsh. that's a good name so it's like okay she's built a whole other different life because she had to to try to run to get away from him yeah and he wants to put it all behind them and move on uh he says to come to this room tonight and be with your son be with your son yeah which i assume means die uh but but he i don't think he had any plans of killing her no no i don't believe so yeah so so you know i don't know i think he wanted he wanted her he yeah yeah her yeah because he and i was like noticing on the second watch through the way that he's he's heightening these things like it, it happens a couple times when she's confronting she's accosting peter in the street she says she's as she's screaming and she's rage induced defending you know her and her family she keeps mentioning her children a few right. times and he's like we we need children you have yeah. abby yeah. and so like you know she's breaking down but she's like i am a champion yeah <laughs> and, then, and then and then you know she's like she's puffing herself up yeah and later right when uh david's in the office he's like the people out there they don't see it and this is what helped build this world and this psychosis and that he's in uh, injected into this poison that he's injected into her mind. Right. He's told her like that this is this is like being closer to God. You know, that's how he right. described it. That their relationship is like no other. Going through these experiences together, the life that they've built together is unparalleled to anything that's ever existed in 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 the universe. Right. And no one sees her. They right. don't see you. Don't see I you. see you. I see that you are a warrior. I see that you are a champion. So like in, you know, the fact that she just used that word, she's in that headspace already, you know, she's right. regressed to that trauma as a child. And, but like, it's like, he mentioned that being godlike, that, that what they had together was godlike. And so you can connect and understand the, the trauma that he's in, inflicted upon her and how, how it has a hold of her because she was a kid, you know, and yeah. all of these heavy things and the what they built. And now even as an adult, she's never dealt with it. She never thought through the emotions and with a person or with anyone else. And that's the other thing too. She's built her life like that. It's just her and her kid. She right. got pregnant by some random guy at a bar. Right. She doesn't have real relationships. You don't see any friends. You don't see any family. Her parents are dead. There's no other family. Yeah. She is completely isolated and just has this, this daughter. And even at work, she's not friendly with anyone. Uh, and it's... Well, except for Gwen, who... who She's an intern and works there. She's right. coaching, but... But but she's... Yeah, but she's like... 
she's a champion. She's like saving Gwen from this guy, right? She's right. Like, she feels that she's she, yeah, she's trying to fulfill herself this yeah, need to to save another person that she can see possibly on the brink of right. going through what she went through. Yeah. Different, but she connects it. Uh so much so that like later on in that scene, uh so so he gives her the, the address, come here yeah. to the hotel. Yep. Before she does that, uh, Gwen does stop by, and she wants to validate, I helped, right? She wants to, Maggie wants to make sure that she helped Gwen, you know, like yeah. that was, she needed to know that. Right, are you, are, you, are, you, are you still with that, are you with that guy? She's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and then, then we're going to go to the finale. She gets, she changes or whatever, and she heads to the hotel. Um, this is where the final breakdown is going to go. Um, I was trying to look up what song was playing on in the background. I couldn't tell. Suffice to say, you know, she enters David's hotel room and it's like mood lit a little bit. There's, uh, yeah, you know, it's got like, like a, does she have like a candle lit on? Yeah, it's got like a yeah. candle lit dinner. It's thing like a bottle of champagne yeah. almost there. The, yeah. the, the bed, uh, the bed frame or the head, head, forward of the bed has kind of like LEDs built into the frame of it so it's just like softly lighting the, the bedspread and the wall it's like romantic looking and yeah. just soft lighting they, and they, he's talking and she's like where is it where is it and it's the gun he's like I, I got rid of it we're not dealing with any of that yeah. Tim Roth as this character is so diabolically like smooth but oh yeah like cutting when he's cutting like when he needs to be yeah, she she describes him as handsome and charming, and and of course he's you know he's sixty and and Tim Roth's an older gentleman uh, as an actor, but the charm is is undeniable. Like Tim Roth has yeah. always had a crazy charisma in any role he's ever had, and mm -hmm. uh, and he really really turned it on for this movie. Um, yeah, so after what well, just a couple lines, he's like. It's too bright. And he goes over and he turns the lights out. Like, <laughs> like, like for him, like, you know, he's still, he's still in this mode of like, this was his, his woman was like his, his one main obsession, you know, or like. Yeah. She described him as that he was, she was his muse. Yeah. Right. And, and she stopped being his muse once she got pregnant. Right. In the story. Right. That light went away. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, he he wants that back, right. and he feels he can get it back, and so it seems like he's planned this to like, I've I've got her, you know, right, and now I'm gonna seal the deal, and I'm gonna like drive it home, and she's gonna be mine again. I'm gonna just like continue the 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 mind meld is gonna be completed here with what I do and say tonight is yeah. seemingly what his goal is, his you know, plan, yeah. So he starts in with the Ben is inside me stuff again, like right away. And she's, he's like, do you want to feel him, you feel him kick or like feel him, feel him push or yeah, something? Yeah, reach out to him. He'll, he'll yeah. touch you. Yeah. Yeah. And she like puts her hand on his stomach and, uh, she's still a little incredulous. Yeah. You know, she's like, she'll do it, but she, you can see that there's hesitation and she's like, yeah. this isn't real. And and as a viewer at this point, I'm like I'm like, well, what's her what's her plan? Did she get another gun? Uh, like I'm just like waiting for like a knife or a scalpel or some some kind of crude instrument. Um, mm -hmm. But she she like 
she she almost she makes that gasp that that sound that you hear in every pregnancy movie where she feels she the feels, kick she yeah, feels something <gasps> And, and then she's and he's like, yeah, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Like she like breaks down crying and like he mm-hmm. holds her for a moment, and then she gets up and she's just like, uh, I I feel him, he's here, he's he's he needs to be with his mother, <laughs> and you can see like yeah, she goes along with it. She's yeah. like, yeah, you're right, and thank you for bringing him. Thank you for bringing him. He, we don't need you anymore. We don't need you anymore. He's starting to scramble. Like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> This isn't yeah, the way yeah, this was supposed to go. <laughs> like, no, no. Like, he's, he has to be here with me. He can't be outside of me. Yeah, he's only yeah. here with me. Right. And so he's like, no, thank you. We need to get him. No, and, no, know, we need to get brings, him out. Brings, brings her sleeve up, and she pulls a duct tape, breaks the duct tape, and gets her knife. And now yeah. she's got a knife. Yeah, she cuts him in the face, and he, he gets it from her, and he doesn't he doesn't strike her again. In fact, he just kind of tries to talk to her. He holds more. it at he, he holds it at the bed. He's he's yeah. holding that and he's starting to break down. He's like, he's upset. Uh, yeah. but he's like, we can work through it. And then Please she stop doing what you're doing. She pulls up her leg and she's got a second one. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I brought one gun. He got that from me. I'm not making the same mistake twice. Pulls out the second knife. <laughs> this um, her shin on yeah, her leg. Her leg yeah. uh, part of me was kind of like. That's hilarious. I loved it. I I loved like, it. Like it was definitely funny, <laughs> but I also was like, yeah, that makes that makes total sense that she brought two right. knives. The variable could have been a third and fourth. They're very yeah. There absolutely like. could have been. I I have no doubt that there actually was. Um, so they get into a scuffle. She gets stabbed in the back, uh, like in the shoulder blade region. Doesn't look very serious he gets a and, he gets and one he gets stabbed under the ribs the yeah. yeah um so then she grabs some uh was it a cord or some rope or something like that uh not yet she's on the floor he's got the knife in his belly on the on the bed and she's on the floor with the knife in the back and she crawls to him oh he's right still, he's right. he's like unraveling a little bit he's like gotta get hospital yeah it's okay i can you could, give you yeah, we can you, fix this we can fix this and that she pulls the knife out of her back, and she uh, she pet cemeteries. Yeah, the Achilles. Achilles yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love that scene in Pet Cemetery, by the way. Yeah. Oh my God, Gage it's, was uh, it's so, awful. There's so yeah. many disgusting things that happen in Pet Cemetery that like you don't want to think about the sister. Oh, the, the sister. I love I love oh. the original Pet Cemetery. I actually really enjoyed yeah. the the remake too, but. The remake was fun, but it's yeah. not. The original, it wasn't the same. Know. No. But Which, yeah, it's just it like was, there's so many. Let's go. So much imagery that made me uncomfortable and sad and not feel good. Like seeing oh. the kid and watching him inject the kid oh, in yeah, the fucking dude. neck. The first, like the, I'm like, oh my god. Like I'm like, I this is not right. Like the, I, it, it definitely disturbed me. Yeah, no, the original Pet Cemetery is gruesome. Like I, I made Anastasia yeah. watch it. She, she, like squirmed. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a hard movie to watch. The poor kid is so sweet. And, like, I uh, think for me, it, lo- it looked like my youngest brother, who I was old enough to, like, it was only four years, but I could see him as, like, more of a baby. It's right. so, like it reminded me of him, I think. And I was just, like, it was more traumatic. Oh, man. Yeah, so good. Right. Uh, so she right. does that. That's when then she gets the yeah, telephone she, cord. She gets the telephone cord. Uh, she ties him up, ties up his wrist. And, uh, and you know what's going to happen, but you don't want it to happen <laughs> mm-hmm. she gets on top of him 
and uh, and you like, you know, without me, he dies. He does. She's like, and well, well, we're gonna have to get him out of you then. And uh, while you're alive, yeah, while, while you're alive, <laughs> and she cuts open his stomach and just reaches in, starts pulling stuff out, and eventually pulls out a baby. Yeah, um, and, and it's alive. And it's alive, and, and it's crying, it's crying, it. and she's holding it, and then and then it pretty much fades out. Um, it fades back in, and now for this whole sequence, there's a a white foggy gradient from like dark, like bright white to like a very like a light fog uh, around the border of the screen. Um, yeah. To signify. Whatever you want to believe. Maybe she died. Maybe she went crazy. They're not going to tell you. So it's up to you. Um, she's holding the baby. Uh, she's she's healthy in bed. Uh, her daughter's there. Packing a bag. Looks like maybe yeah, she's... She, her room is packed up because she's going to be going off to college. Yeah. That was the next step. It was the summer before college was going off. Uh, and yeah, she's got the bag packed and she, the mother offers, do you want to hold him? And so she does. And you can see, she's like, yeah, you little badass. Oh, and the claw, the claw. You can see the baby is missing the, these two, these two fingers. Right. And, and then the, the daughter, Abby says, you know, uh, I'm not afraid anymore, mom. You, I feel safe now. You you can protect me or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I feel safe now thanks to you. And, yeah, and you know that that's like her purpose was like to make her daughter feel that way, and maybe all she wanted in the whole world was was to hear those words from her daughter, mm-hmm. which which I think further reinforces, you know, the insanity angle, right? Like. The daughter, the daughter's gonna go away after this scene anyway, so we're not, so so, she's not gonna be in her hallucinus, her hallucinations, her her crazy world. Um, like mm-hmm. let's assume that she's like strapped to a bed or in a wheelchair and like fully doped up on like lithium or some shit, right? And and this is this is like the just the, to wrap up the story is like this this one hallucination you're gonna get, sure. whatever you're gonna get. In, in, she can she can Whatever be hold, it is, yeah. she could be holding a loaf of bread and and have and have her baby hallucinations the rest of her life in a mental hospital right so but we have she we have to say goodbye to the daughter cuz she had you know cuz well one cuz she was going to school anyway so it makes sense for her to for her to leave right yeah and so so the daughter says that and now it cuts back to uh, Maggie and she's in bed just sitting there and she's smiling but now it's slow zoom and, and the, the smile is fading, and it narrows, and she, her face is more ashen and, like, cold-looking, and, and then you just hear uh, at the very end of that zoom-in where she has a, a deep draw of breath, like a... And, right. and that's it. Right. And credits. Yeah. So, you know, she could have just been sitting alone in her bedroom having a nice hallucination by herself, and she came out of it at the end there with the... With the I was just having a, right. a, a, wake, or, a waking know, a, dream of some kind. Yeah, 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 a, yeah a dream where you just you're stirring awake and you know, for me, it's like I don't uh, if I deal with the idea that where is she in real life, I don't think about that. Um, mm-hmm. 
if you were to place it, I think that what you're saying would make sense. That could be a factual thing. Sure. It could be that she's her life is going on and she just lives with this moment now, right. uh, or that she's completely broken down and this is what she's experiencing. You know, it's hard to say. It doesn't well, really matter. But you do know, I guess, by seeing this dream state and seeing the events of the film, like she did just kill someone that happened. Right. Right. So she, so it's a, it's definitely a crime that if she gets away with it, I mean, that's the only way she gets to live on like in the normal world. Right. So, um, you know, there's nothing that really tie them to each other, um, except for the visit to the hotel. Uh, right. You know, if you want to look at it from like the crime story side of it for a moment, like right, she's on the like, camera and she's showing up and like, yeah. and she's not gonna. But and that's the other thing too. She she's not gonna be able to rationally deal with anyone else in real life after this event has transpired. She right. truthfully feels that she has pulled her son out of his belly. Right. Uh, we know that that's not what has happened, but that's what she's experiencing, and so yeah. she's she's gone. Yeah. Uh, Maybe she dies, maybe she doesn't, but she's gone. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's potential for the, you know, the act of of him dying, of her killing him, uh, could could help process the original trauma, which is why, you know, maybe she has, because she has those those daydreams or those dreams often throughout the movie, this could have been like a, a, like a daydream, which is why maybe the screen had the brightness around it. Um, which is, and then she woke up from it with the, with the deep inhale, probably alone in her bedroom, which is her new life. Now that the daughter has kind of written her off and obviously she didn't actually pull a baby out of its stomach. So she's just there alone in the room having this, this, uh, you know, whatever happened to her, which is like a new, almost like a brand new trauma. (laughs) <laughs> the fact that she killed mm-hmm. the fact that she killed somebody because uh, she thought there was a baby in his tummy. So like, you know, yeah, and her, her range of sanity aside, you know, she uh, she has like a whole new uh, traumatic experience to to handle. Sure. So you know, for us, it's fun to uh, to digress and try to figure out what might be happening after because like you know a movie like this whenever things end so abruptly the way they do you want to have like a a conclusion in your head in some ways so i think that that's a a fair uh uh gap to bridge with the way that we've explained it but ultimately after this movie had ended i just i sat there and i was just you know just rot you know just Uh. i experienced something there you know like it it's not a happy ending. It's not fulfilling. It, like you're glad to see her overcome, but you know, you know, at what cost and her sanity was still broken and utterly shattered and her life upended and destroyed with this event that occurred. Oh yeah. Um, everything fell apart, you know, with work, with her daughter, yeah. with the potential relationship she had with, uh, Peter, with Peter yeah. um, everything has, has fallen apart. And like, it's just, and it's all stemmed from this one trauma, you know, the idea that, you know, she wants to protect her daughter. Her parents didn't protect her. Right. From you know, her this, parents yeah. just willingly, like, were like, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Dave, you know, move in with a 20-year-older guy when you're 18. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, no, no right to stop her, of course. 
uh, because she was 18. But, sure. but you've got to fight for your your child, right? You've got to tell them what a huge mistake they're making. And of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but the dude is 20 years older than you at 18. Yeah. Like, you know, this isn't a, a celebrity uh, pairing for the tabloids here. This is like two biologists. You know, she Googled him in the movie and he came up yeah. at, also as a biologist and she right. works in a biochemistry company. Right. Like, the parents were biologists. Like, they're all in the same field. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so the other thing that I think this movie did really well is uh, there's this these undertones of uh, abstract art and the idea of abstraction. And as an art form, I feel like this movie is a piece of abstract art in a lot of ways. As much as it's representational art form, the themes that it's dealing with and the the way that you engage it is very much akin to a piece of abstract art where there's not a lot to pull out of at face value. You really need to spend time with it. You need to look at it and think about it. And you're dealing with ideas. These are head spaces that are, uh, are how you engage it. You're philosophically, you know, pontificating about this or that and, and what have you. Uh, and I, I think that way because, you know, she was an artist whenever she was 18 and that's what he brought back now that, and she had mentioned at the beginning of the movie with Peter, she hadn't drawn in 20 years until just that, just that other day. Right. And which it's just this little abstract thing. And which even that line, I haven't drawn 22 years means that even before he shows up and because it's still in her mind. She yeah. knows. It's, it's, she knows. It's now it, clicking. It's she knows exactly when she stopped drawing. Like, her, yeah. She, she obviously right. didn't process the original trauma. She knows exactly when and exactly why. So I, she, I love that. You know, that's the kind of work that she would draw. She drew these abstract little studies of shapes on a big mass scale on this paper. In her apartment, uh, there's nothing but abstract art aside from the family photos. There's all kinds of line paintings. Right. The one scribble. Yeah, the Cy Twombly-esque big painting with uh, things. It's all minimal, abstract, simple art that a viewer is not going to have an easy time getting into an understanding, but they're really about processing emotion or reacting to an environment or being reflective or uh, ruminations on thoughts and ideas and it's just a an impulse representation of those thoughts there's all kinds of ways to interpret and to experience some are calm and some are erratic but i love that the movie intentionally was had all those in the background throughout it and that it in itself seemed like an art piece of an abstract nature because of the difficulty that i think a common viewer would have in experiencing it you know right uh, for me, I really like that part of it. Yeah. That idea. For me, you know, my end conclusion, I actually, I actually hate it when the ending is like wide open like that. Like I really, yeah. I really want to know the end of the story. Like you're telling the story, tell me the end, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, you left it up to me, whatever. I, I usually, that usually turns me off. In this case, 
it did not. Like, this movie was so good that this is, the, you know, the trope of the open-ended ending. Uh, I loved it. Like, I thought it was perfect, actually. Um, I don't think they could have ended it better. I'm glad they didn't tell me what happened. Um, right. Actually. So. Uh, yeah, because it would be, it would just be trite. It would be stupid. You know, yeah. You, you see uh, the next scene of her on a ventilator and a bed and she, she's just comatose. And then her daughter's like, oh, I hope you get better, mom. And it's like, what's the point of what's that? What's the point of that? No, Artistically, exactly. that yeah. doesn't do anything. Right, exactly. That's that's why I think that this ending was the best ending. Yeah, we're <laughs> now propelled into a descent of like, oh my god, like uh, yeah. madness and wanting to know more, much right. like the the trauma that she's experiencing and the her upending of life and unraveling. Now we're doing that because we just went through this experience with her, yeah. and we're in this headspace that's right next to her, and we don't know how to navigate where we're at now either. And yeah. that's the point that this trauma occurred. And so it, how do you safeguard or how do you, you know, as human beings, how do you prevent this happening from you to you or with another person that you love or care about, um, you know, you carry with that. Like, I think there's a very meaningful film and I think chewing on it and talking about it is a way to process the emotions that it's discussing and about and, uh, and yeah, it's very impactful, and I I did love the way that it ended. It's it hits you in a way where you're like, you want resolution, but you know that it's not what you deserve, or that you should have. No, no, no. And like like you said, anything would have been bad. Like you put her on the ventilator, you put her in a mental institution in a straitjacket, you you go to a funeral and the daughter's crying. You it doesn't matter where you go. That it's it's all wrong. Yeah, because it's just the it's the one potential that could have happened and the openness is great because you're it, you choose to see it how you want wherever you're approaching the film you're going to fulfill those gaps or you're going to push it forward to the way that you want to and that's what's so important and meaningful with a film like this is that you have that ability to do that when things are finite and say no this is how it goes it restricts your ability to engage with it in such a way that it now diminishes the value of all of that work that you just went through as if you were with the characters right i would also like to thank the writer uh, who happens to also be the director for not explaining anything to me like i'm a child or zooming in on any important pieces of hardware <laughs> yeah you didn't you didn't, you didn't cut to the knife block before she got ready you know yeah yeah or the duct tape or the yeah yeah i mean it showed us the you didn't gun buy duct tape at the store like, oh, what's that for <laughs> Good point, Nate. Yes. Because it just said happens too flipping much. It happens too much. All right. In conclusion, Resurrection. Uh, two eights out of ten. Um, go see it. Uh, definitely check out The Night House. If you haven't, put Rebecca Hall on your watch list. This yeah. woman is fantastic. Um, what else do we have to say? Uh, what's happening next week? The 19th. Orphan uh, 2, or the prequel, Orphan, Orphan First, First Kill. Yeah. yeah, so Rodney, who has not even seen Orphan yet, is going to watch both. Is going to watch both movies. Um, so try not to spoil Orphan. We'll probably. Oh, no one will spoil it. They're fine, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about the plot. I just know uh, 
that she's an orphan, I think. Yeah. And she probably has a, a darkness or something to her. And I yeah. have a feeling that she probably is going to kill people or others. Yeah. Or part of something like that. All of those, so, <laughs> all those things funny are correct. <laughs> I saw on Twitter, uh, people were posting, it might have been Elizabeth uh, Furman. That's her name, right? Yeah. Elizabeth Furman. Uh, yeah. There were like, someone related to the film was like, how do you cast a 24 year old to look like a teenager? Uh, platform shoes, and it shows like everyone like that's in the scenes. They they wear platforms to make her look, look even shorter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I think is really great. That's funny. <laughs> Just to add like six to ten inches to their height. To, to the their height, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't watched trailers because I try not to. So I don't. I haven't seen the first kill trailer. But I mean, she looks incredibly young in the uh, the original. Um, of course, right. she was she was much younger in the original. Uh, I think she was like sixteen, um, mm. play, playing a I think it's a ten year old. Um, so, yeah, she should be even play, she should be playing even younger in this film. Um, which will so yeah, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to it because it should be this should be a film that's a broader appeal, uh, and yeah. it's also unique in that you know. Every so often, a movie comes out that doesn't get a sequel or another reimagining until later. Yeah. And so uh, this one seems like it has sort of a cult following. Like oh, it's yeah. always been there, and people know it as like it's a good one. But for whatever reason, it didn't hit broader audiences like other franchises did. And for whatever reason, someone's like, let's bring this back up. Well, the, uh, the original. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, the original stars uh, Vera Farmiga, who is, uh, you know, from The Conjuring, obviously. And, yeah, James um, Wan, yeah. Yep. And uh, I had a point there. I was talking about. Oh, right, right. So this movie, as you were saying, right, there's so many, uh, there's so many movies like it, right? Um, you know, you've got like, right. The Boy, Little Evil, uh Child, yeah. even even Weird ch- child doing play, demonic yeah. shit or kids yeah, yeah. stuff like that's it, a subgenre of horror. It, 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 yeah, it is. It is a genre, definitely. Um, but this one was just so good. It 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 stands out among them as probably the best in the subgenre. Uh, you know, child's play aside, child's play aside, it's definitely better than uh, the boy. Um, uh, what was the one with Macaulay Culkin? Uh, good good son. son, the Good Son. Yeah, it's better than the Good Son. Oh, I love the Good Son. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trash talking the Good Son. I haven't seen son. the Good Son. <laughs> I haven't rewatched that since high school. I I really probably should watch that with Sarah. That'd be a fun. Yeah, it's a great revisit. movie. Great movie. Yeah, um, Elijah Wood. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have that crossbow so bad that he made <laughs> that shot bolts. Or whatever he wanted. Lord, yeah. <laughs> I would love, yeah. Yeah. I would love to have that. Anyway. There's so many cats around here. <laughs> yeah. uh, real quick, before you go, yeah. what's your feelings? Uh, I don't know if you saw, we're talking sequels because we're going to be doing a sequel next week. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know to what extent. Sure. I haven't read the articles because I'm not a big fan of bloody disgusting in general. But uh, the creators of the Black Phone have been discussing with the production company about the black phone sequel. Okay. My so first... what, to what ends that conversation is occurring? I do not know. It could right. be more that, that studio execs are like, uh, you made a ton of money. We're Let's making another right, one of these yeah. bastards. 
Right. And it could be that they're coming to the table saying, we want this. What does it look like? Or, or so, I imagine yeah. that's what it is. It doesn't so, mean that anything's going to happen. Uh, we don't know anything. Right. But how do you like the idea of the black phone, too? So my initial gut reaction in cases like this are, one, is there a book sequel or a story sequel? Two, if there's not, is Joe Hill writing the screenplay? Answer those two questions. And then I can go further. Uh, overall, I'm going to guess that there's not a Black Phone 2 since it was a short story and not a novel. And but they could tap Joe Hill for the screenplay, though, because he did write um, the Lock and Key series on Netflix based on his own graphic novel. Uh, I mm -hmm. think he was involved in the Nosferatu production in some way. I don't know if he wrote the Horns film, although the Horns movie was very good uh, in, in comparison to the book. The book is better. I mean, that happens a lot, but I'm not trying to take away from the movie by saying that. They're both very good in their own right. Um, so, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think it hinges on, yeah, Joe, but, Joe, on Joe Hill's participation uh, versus... Uh, same kids, same town, new story, or are we going original somewhere else? That's what's else? confusing about it. What, but that, that's what is confusing about it because, like, just because there was success with the film, you, you don't need to force continuation of this this world. This mm. world is unique and special, and it's impactful because it is unique and special. And giving more information to do backstory or more with the characters doesn't help anyone. It's like finishing with an ending a different ending to the movie we just saw with resurrection right you don't need to fill in those gaps having more ambiguity about the mother having ambiguity about their powers yeah. how they're able to convene with the dead like that's what makes it interesting and fun yeah if you do another movie what are you going to do like how they got the powers or now they're going to become superheroes and use those powers like it's yeah. like it's just so not good and yeah. it's lightning in a bottle you know the kids yeah. were perfect the story was fun and engaging. It's not a movie that is going to stand the test of time as a groundbreaking movie, but it's GD good at yeah. everything that it did and fun and entertaining. Oh, and yeah. people love it. The t-shirts that I've designed, people are all over it. They like the grabber. They like the... the... Yeah. Ethan Hawke was oh. great. Ethan Hawke was great. I, I would say... Um, you know, Joe Hill's participation aside, um, instead of making a sequel to The Black Phone, make a brand new movie with right. by, by Joe Hill with the same team, director and producer. And then you could say, the writer, director, producer of The Black Phone the Black bring Phone, you yeah. this new movie right. here from Joe Hill. Uh, you know, right. like, why, why go back? Sense, yeah, yeah, why go back to the, to this original source material when you could keep mining that that joe hill mine because you know stephen king the most prolific american writer of all time has more novels than you know fucking god joe and hill not for nothing <laughs> with you know it's not the black phone isn't great because the story is so amazing it's a pretty straightforward story with a lot of elements that you see in Stephen King work. It's redundant and repetitive in a lot of ways. There's nothing new or unique about what it does. It's a pretty standard throwaway type story. It's the execution by 
Cargill and Derrickson and the actors that brought it to a level that made it a very entertaining movie to watch. Oh, sure. It's all of those other elements. Joe Hill was the, the, the impetus, the, the spark at the original. Uh, and so if you find a different story that could be a different spark with a different universe, if you use some of the talent that made this other one a success, I agree with you, that would be probably the best way to move forward. Right. Uh, Why make it could a... be that people, it could be that people are just saying, oh, Black Phone 2 or Black Phone sequel. It could just be that, you know, Derrickson and Cargill are in talks to make yeah. another movie and they just did this and they want to talk about doing things like this. Yeah. And I mean, Black Phone I... sequel, I mean... If anything, it's a black. It's got to be a black phone prequel, and that just right. that makes me nauseous and not care. Yeah, because yeah. stop making stop making prequels, guys. We already know what happens in the end. We don't care about the beginning. Okay, uh, we're. I'm pretty sure no, that we're gonna be watching. A okay, prequel. all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. Let me. Let me I'm, I do, look. I no, not don't spoil anything, but like it's orphan, first kill. I know, I know. So this is a prequel, right? Yes, but after you watch the first orphan, we can discuss. <laughs> we can discuss why this is different. Okay, you, which you don't know because you haven't seen it yet. Uh, but no, after you I'm watch the say, first one, after you watch the first one, we can discuss right, why. Right, it's yeah, different. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Right. But we don't know how different it's going to be. I, I, uh, I, I can infer because I've seen the first one. <laughs> sure. 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 Uh, I'm interested. I think Orphan First Kill, I would have to imagine that it's about her origin story, about when she finally does eventually kill or whatever spirit embodies her. The, this her as the orphan. I don't know. That's yeah. um, I'm not going to pretend gonna be, when the gonna be, are It's going to be fun either way. Yes, it will. So, um, well, there was only one other... Is there another story that I wanted to discuss topically in regards to that? No, I mean, I guess I was looking at the calendar... And there's not a whole lot of other blockbusters left, I don't think, for the year. Like, there's movies. There, there's Halloween yeah. Ends. Right. And I know that that's, like, super huge blockbuster. But I don't think there's a lot of, like, you it's, know, the summer's ending. It's also my 40th birthday. It comes out on my 40th birthday, which is... Halloween Ends, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is important to me. And I no, know. And no one else. I know. <laughs> You're, you need to go to Western Canada and find an 18-year-old and convince the parents that you're awesome and her and then you got to made in the shade dude uh, i'm working on it i'm working on it yeah. um if we, only you were a shitty comedian it'd be like you know hand in glove right uh it's creepy dude he's like 50 something and this girl's like 22 or something who oh 20. oh yeah yeah well they they started dating as soon as she turned 18 and they had known yeah, each, come they, on. they had known each other for three years yeah, that's what's insane about it. And and also, like, you're a grown-ass adult. I'm sorry, but even 20-something women I'm talking, because if I'm, like, if I'm talking as, like, before when I'm not right. married, uh, I can't stand talking to any of those fucking <laughs> They don't care about any of the things that I care about. The way that they talk about the things that I do care about is so stupid or annoying, like, to find someone that's genuinely of, a, like, a, a, a mental... You need to find, like, a mental equal, you know, for me. Yeah, sure. I don't understand the disparity. And I know that there's a disparity. I know that someone's talking at this level, and there's a person that's living and talking at this level, and I feel like your comfort with that is gross and yeah. weird. And you should be shunned. 
I remember it, when I, when I was uh, like newly thirty, and I was sitting on like a college-aged girl, and she, I said, I made right. a, I made an Eddie Vedder joke, and she said, "Who's that?" And I said, "The lead singer of Pearl Jam," and she said, "Who's that?" And I said, "I said, see you later." <laughs> yeah, right then, like you yeah. know, like you, like, you, we I'm, will never connect on I'm a level. <laughs> like, I might have fun, yeah. we, like a physical relationship, but not a serious relationship. Yeah, yeah. People that marry or get into long-term relationships with people with that big of an age gap, there's something wrong yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, also, uh, you know, we you brought up um, the movies. We just missed Bodies, 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 and uh, it, didn't, yeah. it didn't come to a theater near us. Um, no. And A24 does this shit, and it's stupid i they did it with everything everywhere all at once and it's like but they were like intentionally strategically trying to release it slowly to different markets and let the demographics that they were targeting which i think were like 18 to 30 something white men i think is what they genuinely thought was their demographics which for that movie that was yeah that's what i had heard so with good authority at any rate uh like through press releasing and stuff like that that i got one of that was the original idea so bodies, 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 I just don't know what they're doing. If it's right. eventually going to get to streaming or you'll be able to just watch it in that way. I, uh, I would love I them. Would to, I would love them to stream it. I think that's, it should well, It's come. been out so long. Yeah. And it's, it's actually getting tracked. It's getting not the best reviews I heard. I haven't checked. Well, and that's the thing. Like you, you got to wonder, is it, is it, what's it a victim of? Is it a victim of the fact that they didn't put money behind releasing it wide? Or is it because they like, it wasn't not very like, why is it getting poor reviews? Because only a handful of people have seen it. If more people saw it, would your, you know? Yeah. It's box office gross to date is 3.5 million. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it's like a couple hundred screens. It's not a couple thousand screens. Like that's what's insane. Of course it's going to be shit. Yeah, uh, that's true. Who knows? We'll see. Freaking A24. Just but I can just... tell you, I was excited about it coming, and it was like, everyone's talking about it, horror, A24, uh, summer. Like, yeah. three huge things. This would be something people are going to see, and then it just doesn't get released, and now people's interest is waning. Yeah. I'm already disinterested. I mean, you know, you, you put, what's his name, Pete Davidson in a movie? Uh, you know, like I don't give a shit about this guy, but like he's on the cover of every fucking tablet, and I, I say cover of every tablet. Sure. But it's, it's really more like every fucking clickbait ad I see is right. is Pete Davidson and some, you know, hot, Kanye or Kim yeah, and some yeah some, some A lister who I also don't give any shits about, but yet I have to know about it because it's fucking everywhere. Speaking of, rest in peace, Anne Heche. Yeah, rest in peace, Anne Heche. Uh, to keep it horror. I really theme, enjoyed Six uh, Days, Seven Nights. Six Days, Seven Nights. But to, you know, to keep it on on the horror channel, she was the female lead in the Psycho remake. Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. in 1995. Look at you. That was nah, an impromptu. 98. I was a Ah, it would have been great if you were right. It was. I'd say you're right. It was. Cut it was, that part. It was uh, Gus Van Sant uh, directed it, and uh, Vince Vaughn played uh, 
to develop normally. He didn't let fans on set? Huh? Gus he Van fans? Gus Van Sant is the director. So he says Sam fans. No. Sam fans? Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Gus Van Sant. Uh, I loved I loved Gus's uh, cameo in um, Jazz on Love Strike Back though it was uh, so funny. <laughs> yeah. You start talking Jay and Silent Bob, I know it's time to go because I don't give a fuck about. Oh, uh, it's such a funny scene because uh, okay, so it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck shooting a scene for um, Goodwill Hunting two, and uh, Gu- Gus is counting money, and they're like, uh, so action, Gus, and he's like, he's like. Whatever, Ben. Whatever. <laughs> so cut, Gus. He's like, he's like, yeah, 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 Ben. Yeah. <laughs> just, just pile of money on a table. <laughs> uh, excellent stuff. All right. So go see Clerks Three. I mean, uh, make sure to <laughs> make sure to stream uh, Orphan First Kill uh, the nineteenth or before next Tuesday, as it will be our next. Uh, discussion um, yeah. for the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. I'm Rodney Godek. Take care. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>